0: Welcome to the Better Call Saul podcast on West Coast Project. My name is Mike, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hey, we're here to do episode 12 in season four, End Times. Uh, Kelly, do you have any first impressions about this episode?
1: Uh, Just things that are heating up, and uh, Vince Gilligan directed this one, which he hasn't done a lot of the directing this season, so this should be uh, really, really exciting.
0: So you have your websites for Better Call Saul Fun Facts and Breaking Bad Fun Facts. Do you have anything right off the top, or do you want to try to work them in as we go through the story here?
1: Well, I do have one thing that we, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about music, and I found out something very interesting about Dave Porter, who does the music for Breaking Bad, uh, that he is one of the only um, composers that actually does not get the uh, script beforehand. They hand him the um, episode when it's almost all the way edited, and then he starts to make the music, which seems insane, but that's his uh, creative process.
0: That's interesting. So he kind of learns the story. It's revealed to him in the right order, and then he makes the music probably as it is creative, so he probably feels it. He probably feels it as the story develops in his head.
1: Yep, that's what he said, and he only gets a couple days to get all that stuff prepared, and then over to, to um, Vince, and then to get that okayed uh, to be put in the show. Uh, so very interesting that he doesn't look at the script at
0: all. Interesting. I wonder if Vince ever um, shut down any of his ideas, like, Yeah, that just doesn't sound right, or if he just trusts him and let him roll with it.
1: I think he pretty much trusts him. Uh, then there's also the decision on if he wants to have uh, music or no music.
0: Um,
1: so... But I think Vince Gilligan pretty much gives him creative right, because he's so excellent at what he does.
0: Yeah, he does sound like a great boss. Like, you're here for a reason. I hired you because you're good at something. I'm just going to let you do it.
1: Right, because half the time he's not even on the set. He's in Burbank writing, so he's not really even involved in half of the stuff on set.
0: Well, episode 412 is Waltz essentially got Plan B in effect here, Kelly, he can't use the disappearer, Skylar's giving away all the money, or most of the money, he can't use that plan, so he's got to come up with an alternate plan. Um, so we see the results of this phone call to warn Hank about the cartel, and it's the White family frantically getting all their shit together to get, I guess they're taking them over to the Schrader house. Uh, But Walt's not going to go. He's going to stay behind, and he uses an excuse like he's got to take care of the car wash, and why would anyone be after me anyway if they're after Hank?
1: Right, exactly. And he is calming to her and manages to convince her, but we all know that he has no um, plans of going to the car wash and selling waxes. He's got a lot of stuff to take care of.
0: Yeah, and I remember that Mojo working on me too. He calmed me as a viewer. I'm thinking maybe Walt will have a way to come come up with something here. I kind of believed that he would have a solution. But we we'll right. see him
1: she knows that someone's after him. I mean, she, obviously, you know, she knew that it had something to do with when Hank was shot. That it had something to do with Walt. So yeah,
0: yeah, she knows he's involved. He's not just a bystander to Hank. It's it's him too. Mm-hmm. Probably mainly him. So we see Walt sitting at home with his thirty eight gun at the pool. He's kind of spinning the gun on the glass table outside by the pool. Um, and he spun the gun around, and it stopped in different positions. Did you catch that, Kelly? Were you think any reasons behind why it either pointed at him or away from him?
1: Uh, I just think that it's kind of a Russian roulette uh, that he's playing with himself, maybe a mental game. But it's really cool how they did this because they couldn't get the gun to land right on him. So you don't see this, obviously, but they did a pulley fish line. So they put it, they tied it underneath that glass table. And then they had somebody off the side that you couldn't see them. So when um, Brian Cranston would spin the gun, they would pull it. And so they would stop it where it would uh, face him. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was cool and they had to photoshop it later the you know the part where you could see the fish line but really interesting way to make that gun spin around. I never would have known that.
0: But I wonder why they wanted it to point at him. Just mm-hmm. to show that he was in danger like you're you're under the gun, you're you're under-
1: yeah, it looks cool, like it's, he's spinning it a few times and it kind of lands on him, kind of like a spin the bottle kind of thing, where it just kind of lands on you, like, oh shit, is, is that end times? Is, you know, that's
0: titled. Right. So at the Schrader house, we see everyone's kind of wondering why Walt didn't come with, he's crazy. Marie's driving me crazy here in this episode. Me too. You tell him, you tell him to get over here, like she's got some sort of right to boss people around.
1: Yeah, she gets on the phone with him. Like, he's just going to come right over because Marie tells him to.
0: Yeah. Pretty, pretty, I don't know. I didn't put much stock in Marie in that one. Mm -mm. But Hank talks Gomi into checking out the laundry, right? Because Gomi's, I don't know, Gomi and Hank are still at odds a little bit here. Gomi's not believing Hank and his crazy theory that the laundry and Gus are the guilty culprits here. So he kind of goads him into it, like, why don't you do something that we uh, learned in police academy, police work, <laughs> kind of yeah, makes him, awesome. shames him into going for it. <laughs> yeah. But Gomi stands up here and delivers, man. He comes up into that laundry, and he gave, he, he gave a really good act to that foreman about what he was doing and why he was there. I really like that scene with Gomi.
1: I do, too. He he hasn't ha- had any solo scenes that i can recall and the fact that he says you know just me and another agent we just want to look around we'll be out of your hair turns out to be a german shepherd drug dog
0: yeah it's
1: genius
0: and he makes uh dennis the warehouse foreman call the dog over that was funny yeah so they're while they're doing that they're giving it the once over gomi's taking pictures of everything And underneath in the drug lab, Jesse and Tyrus are being super quiet and just waiting for the clear, the go go ahead and clear that they're all out of there. But um, this is where I guess Gus gets mad that, you know, this is what happens, Jesse, when you, with your partner, he's, he's caused this to happen.
1: Yeah, that would have been so scary to have a DEA agent and a dog standing right above you. And, of course, Gus uses one more opportunity to try to show um, Jesse what a liability Walt is.
0: Yeah, driving that wedge between them. Mm-hmm. So we see a laundry truck driving Jesse off now by his car. So Walt and Jesse can't go to the laundry anymore directly. They have to sneak in to work in the, in the super lab. Um, and Jesse tries to call Walt, but pretty much can't reach him and finds out that Saul's been trying to reach him. Um, and we know that Saul's pretty much probably trying to warn Jesse, right? hmm So he says at the very end, Saul's message is just don't even call me. Get in here as soon as you can. So so Jesse goes to Saul's office. And this is another controversial point, uh, Kelly. He wrestles with Huel at the door. Huel's patting him down. And we're going to learn later on that this is where the cigarette got swiped and taken out of his cigarette pack. But how could that have possibly happened? Did you did you slow that video down and watch it like everyone probably did? Yes. How yep. did that happen? Well,
1: there is there is a quick moment where it shows him putting his hand in his pocket um but I don't see exact cigarette pack leaving Jesse's pocket and entering into Huel's hand. No.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't a very long tussle either. It was a couple slaps. And, mm-hmm. and then Saul even said, hey, leave him alone. Because Saul knew what he was doing, right? Saul instructed Huel to do that. Right. So he was just acting when he said, leave him alone.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, we saw a little scene at the at the Schrader house where Skyler's kind of hanging out with the guys, the DEA a guy's protecting her why do you think they showed that she she has a smoke with one of the guys and um it was a little interesting but i didn't really see the point in it did you catch any meaning from that
1: no but it's always bothered me that they would let her stand out there because if there was a gaff type cartel guy that could shoot her straight in the head i don't know i would think they'd have him under lock and key she wouldn't be standing out in the patio or out in the top balcony having a cigarette just yeah is-
0: Even the DEA guys, they're sitting on a deck there in plain sight on a a raised hillside, hilltop. (laughs) Looked a little dicey. Mm -hmm. So Jesse gets the call now about Brock. Jesse's uh, getting word from the hospital. Andrea's really upset, and Brock's in the emergency room in the hospital getting worse, and they don't know what's wrong with him. So Jesse rushes over to find out what's going on, and takes a little break and goes out to get a cigarette and he notices that the ricin cigarette is missing.
1: Right. Throws it on the ground, starts to wrestle through it and make sure that it's not there. And lo and behold, uh, he makes that connection like, oh shit, it's the ricin.
0: So he goes and tells Andrea, tell these people that it might possibly be ricin. And she's like, what? How, what's that? How could that be? And he just says, just tell them I got to go and do something. Um, so this will end up getting Jesse in trouble a little bit later, but it's pretty noble of him to to like throw his caution to the wind and tell her what to tell him what to look for.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, how's he supposed to explain that? But he does anyway, which I was proud of him for that.
0: So here's where he goes to Walt's house. Um, I thought this might've been the condo when I watched it, but I guess it wasn't. It was actually the white house, the regular white family house. Yes. Jesse goes there and he knocks on the door and Walt's barricaded inside. Walt's, you know, Walt's got this whole scheme cooked up. I guess we can talk about it after we examine the scene here. But they talk about what's going on and Walt pretends that he's peeking out every curtain and every crack when he hears a tire screech outside. He sets his gun down and Jesse picks it up. But this is all a, this is all a little script that Walt has written in his mind in the last few hours to, to trick Jesse. Right? He uh, leaves the gun for Jesse to pick up on purpose and they pretty much have Jesse accusing Walt of poisoning Brock with the ricin. Um,
1: right. He has to put his own ego down for a while and say you know, this was all Gus. Why would I kill children and why would I be the one that would do this? You know, wouldn't it be perfect if Gus to do this and lays out this whole big spiel and uh, makes Gus seem like this big mastermind when in a sense it's Walt.
0: Yeah. It was a genius plan by Walt, but it was also super risky because Jesse was on his last threads of sanity here. He was really strung out, and he could have pulled that trigger so easily a few times.
1: Well, I think that uh, Walt, too, just felt like he's already a dead man. I mean, if he's not killed by Jesse, he's going to be killed by the cartel or Gus or anyone. So uh, he had to get Jesse back talking to him again. Because, you know, he couldn't talk to Jesse um, on his own. And he got Tyrus telling him to get bent. He can't get near him. So you had to think of a drastic measure for this. Right. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because when Jesse puts that gun up against or when uh, Walt pulls that gun up against his face really hard, that was Brian Cranston's idea to hold it so hard that it left a mark. Um, and it took a whole day just to shoot that one scene. And Vince Gilligan being a director, he's so hell-bent on accuracy and things. But Brian Cranston, being a genius actor that he is, thought it would look cooler if he pulled it towards him and then had him make that mark on his forehead, which they had to do that several times.
0: Yeah, that was cool. The, yeah. So the gun in Jesse's hand and Walt pulling Jesse's hand with the gun in it right up against his forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was Walt's plan. He's going to convince Jesse, like, come on, Jesse, Gus has done this before. He's killed children when it needed to be done. Can't you see how he could do this? He even starts laughing like, oh, this is, aha, this is what happened. Pretty good acting by Walt slash Cranston here. I agree. So Jesse goes back to the hospital, and we do see that he's in trouble because now he can't get past the nurses to see Andrea. Uh, I guess this story about the rice and Andrea is somebody's told her, or she's figured out on her own that Jesse knows a little bit too much about this to be innocent. Um, so, th- so they won't let him in the room, but he stays in the waiting room of the hospital.
1: Right. Yep. He's. I mean, you know how he is with kids, and he cares about Andrea, and he's already made a mess of Jane's life, and you know he's had so many with Gail and a whole trail of emotional torment that you know he's got to be really tore up thinking that brock might die a kid
0: yeah kind of funny though how the hospital security wouldn't let him in to see andrea but they would let him sit in the reception room the waiting room
1: yeah i don't think they maybe they couldn't keep him from waiting there but andrea just didn't want to have him in the room with her she just wasn't ready to talk to him
0: yeah so jesse stays all night and tyrus wakes him up in the morning and orders him back to the lab like get you got to get to work get cooking jesse pretty much says fuck you i'm not going anywhere and starts yelling loudly that this man's bothering me i don't know who he is and kind of gets tyrus to back off
1: kind of pulls the same move that uh walt did when he said he was going to call the cops like back off tyrus
0: yeah and next we're going to see some more evidence of walt's really intricate plan here jesse tries to get a hold of him and we see walt in the kitchen and he's he's in chemistry mode kelly he's got some Etch-a-Sketches and some stuff broken down. He's building a pipe bomb with a walkie-talkie controller and a little firing plug going. It's pretty cool watching Walt in chemistry mode.
1: He's done this a few times. to give us a little bit of his chemistry knowledge. It kind of brings us back to remember that he was a teacher before.
0: You forget all of that. So Gus, I guess Gus meets with Jesse now in the chapel in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Tells him, uh, you take however long you need. I'm a director of this hospital. If you need any special treatment for Brock, I'll get it. Whatever Brock needs, you make sure it happens. Jesse doesn't let Gus know that Brock was poisoned or that he knows why or how he was poisoned, right? That he might think he might be suspicious of Gus?
1: Uh, I thought that he had said... I don't remember, actually.
0: He does say he was poisoned, but he doesn't say... And it was you, Gus. He kind of keeps that on a down low. Right. If I remember correctly.
1: Right, exactly, because you don't want Gus to think that you're on to him. Right. Or, well, actually, he didn't. He wasn't even on to him, so. But, yeah, I'm sure he just kept his. You don't want to go up against Gus, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think
0: he was on to him because Walt convinced him that was Gus, right? Gus in that last and scene.
1: Gus doesn't know that, so.
0: Gus doesn't know that, Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Walt, so Walt convinces Jesse that Gus poisoned Brock. Jesse doesn't let on to Gus that he thinks that he poisoned him. Right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So this this episode ends where Gus is walking out to his car, his Volvo, with his bodyguard and somebody else. Um, and out, from the rooftop across the city, like a block away, Walt's got that walkie-talkie detonator, and he's watching across the. Uh, street to the hospital parking lot and the car but as gus gets close to the car he's got a six cents kelly you know something's up and he won't get back into the car
1: yep absolutely and it's another fu- it's a fun fake out fact that that where walt is looking with his binoculars he's on top of a sporting goods store on central avenue you just would never know that it's crazy how they can make things look and there was no elevator so the crew had to go up five uh, five levels to bring all their crap and gear up there, but how you would never know that by looking at the scene.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they do this stuff. I remember watching that scene and thinking I was really worried that Gus was gonna see Walt. Me
1: too, it looked like he was just sticking out like a sore thumb up on that roof.
0: First of all, he looks like he's just like this extrasensory being, he knows something's up, like he senses it. You can see his hackles are up. And uh-huh. then he looks out over the city, and he looks, like, right at the building where Walt is, and Walt ducks down. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to see Walt.
1: Yeah, exactly. I It did look like he had a bird's-eye view of him.
0: So he he gives up on getting in the car. He somehow is warned internally, or somehow he knows that something's not right. And then Gus walks away from all that, and Walt is just really disappointed, like, no, no, get in the car. Um, he's... he's uh, He's really lost again. He's lost another little battle here with Gus.
1: Yeah, and praise Vince Gilligan for not doing the obvious because I really thought that that's how he would meet his end, that he was just going to get in the car and be blown up. But, you know, you never know what to expect when it comes to Breaking Bad.
0: Right. I wonder if they knew at this point how they really were going to finish it. I guess they probably had to at the second to last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it for 4-12 end times. Um, pretty cool. This is the West Coast Project podcast for it. We're getting ready for Better Call Saul next month. Kelly's coming up fast. Um, and we're almost done with season four here. We have one more episode to do next time. That's 13 face-off. Did you have any last comments for your Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad fun facts for number 12?
1: No, that was it.
0: So you can find Kelly's websites in the show notes. But Kelly, why don't you remind us of what they are here?
1: Uh, Breaking Bad Fun Facts and Better Call Saul Fun Facts on Instagram and Breaking Bad Fun Facts on Facebook.
0: Nice. And my Twitter is at Scathing Tweets. And, Kelly, what's your Twitter?
1: B-R-B-A underscore Fun Facts.
0: Awesome. So, Kelly, I'll talk to you next time for number 13 face-off to finish off season four.
1: Oh, it's going to be a good one. I look forward to it.
0: All right. See you then.